Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bill Barnwell Show presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Today, we have Mina Kimes of NFL Live talking about the Seahawks-Cardinals game and going around the NFL with possible trade options for the NFL's Super Bowl contenders. But first, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone about another ESPN podcast. And guys, you're not going to believe which one it is. It is the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny, which stars our guest today, Mina Kimes, who talks all things football with her unique brand of humor and insight. So be sure to download and subscribe to the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny, as well as this Bill Bardwell Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there is no competition. And right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8-Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, here's Mina Kimes and the Bill Barnwell Show. All right, joining me now, as promised, a frequent contributor to the Bill Barnwell Show, the host of the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. And w- what is your official NFL Live title? Are you a host of NFL Live? Um, I'm an analyst and antagonist of the Miami offensive line, who I am apparently feuding with. A woman <laughs> who, for some reason, believes that because Ben Roethlisberger does not throw deep, Oh, but boy, it means yeah, yeah. that it means that Ben Roethlisberger is not throwing deep, inexplicably. <laughs> ESPN's Mina Kimes. Mina, what's up? Not much. Between feuding with the Miami offensive line uh, and encountering a coyote half an hour ago while walking Lenny, I'm having an eventful morning. A coyote. Coyote, yeah. Uh, just I was walking Lenny, and I promise we'll get to football soon. But I turned around, and a coyote was looking at us. There's a lot of coyotes in my area, but they don't usually venture onto the streets. What was Lenny's reaction to this coyote? Stone cold. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't give a bleep, man. He is fearless. Um, but the coy- I, I don't think the coyote was particularly excited to see us either. So. We just kind of went our separate ways. You don't think it was a fan of NFL Live? <laughs> um, I think, like, from what I understand, they prey on like cats, and I mean, like, maybe if Lenny was alone, but the combined size mm-hmm. of me and Lenny equals one Carlos Dunlap. So it's not, that's actually not true. We're not even close to a Carlos. We're like a Puna Ford, but still, the Coyote was was frightened. That's good. I appreciate that you are. Um you know, as a former NFL defensive lineman, that you still have mm. that ability to intimidate uh, anyone you might come across. Projecting size. Projecting size. Yes, that's more important than actual size. You mentioned Carlos Dunlap. <laughs> We're going to get to Carlos Dunlap hey. in a minute. <laughs> but first, as someone who has watched a Seahawks game with you before, several Seahawks games with you before, other people may not have that privilege. Other <laughs> people may not have that joy. And so... We're going to start today by talking about 
the Seahawks Cardinals game. And for those people who have not had the privilege of watching a Seahawks game with you, I want to start with this, Mina. Okay. And my, before I say this, I'm going to preface this, be honest. What was your actual legitimate reaction when DK Metcalf chased down Buda Baker? Oh, okay. I thought you were going to ask about the end of the game. Um, oh. That actually, I mean, I was, so nothing surprises me generally watching the Seahawks. They're like, you know, the Stefan skit on SNL yeah. where he's like, this club has everything. That's how I feel about CIC. Like this game has everything, like a missed field goal, you know, this and that, a crazy call. But that's, I've never seen that. So, <laughs> I mean, not that I've never seen that, but that was a, like a truly shocking football play to me personally. Like I, I, I mean, Bill, like, you know, like you watch a lot of football, but that's mm-hmm. not something you see every day. It's true. I don't see DK Metcalf chase someone down <laughs> from 10 yards deep. The weird thing about it, like 40 pounds on him. Yeah. Yes. The yeah, weird thing about it, honestly, was once he came in the picture, I was 100% sure he was going to take it. <laughs> like there was, I would have bet my life on DK Metcalf, not only tackling it, making like a perfect tackle to keep him scoring poor buda baker uh husky legend like you just made this a sick play right like that was a a phenomenal play phenomenal like and nobody is talking about it Mm. no one like you know like it it was an amazing amazing play and ultimately will be lost to the sands of time because of uh dk metcalf Um, it was it was really free because he had this is someone who's had no interceptions in his career yeah Last week, he has an interception. This week, he almost has like a, what, 97-yard pick six? Pick six, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine what that feeling was like when he turned his head. And saw <laughs> what the hell? I mean, that, that is some horror movie stuff. Right? Yeah. It uh, is 100%. incredible, incredible moment. In a relatively quiet game from DK Metcalf. <laughs> yeah. Now, true. let's talk about the broader game as a whole. Let me actually start with DK, because I feel like that's a really interesting matchup with DK Metcalf for most of this game going against Patrick Peterson, yeah. the Cardinals cornerback, who I don't want to be too critical, but more of a star maybe in name than in actual practice. So were you surprised that Patrick Peterson was able to hold up for most of this game against DK Metcalf? Yeah, it was, because you're right. He's you know, entered the back nine of his career, sure. trying to put it in a gentle way as well. Um, and Russell did target DK a couple times and mm. you figured DK, would he be able to separate or come down with the contested catch? But Peterson played great. Um, you know, obviously the beneficiary of that was Tyler Lockett, who had 20 targets in this game, which is, uh, as, as a Tyler Lockett fantasy owner, I was not unhappy about that. But um, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, I actually think from an offensive perspective, it's encouraging to watch uh, this Seahawks, like you can take DK Metcalf out of a game and it really mm-hmm. doesn't make a difference. Um, you know, like, I, I think that, perhaps like going forward if we're going to talk about kind of the Seahawks and what they can or can't do that's an encouraging takeaway well you say that but (laughs) over the second half and overtime of this game Mina going possession by possession here were the results for the Seattle Seahawks punt interception touchdown on a short field after the Kyler pick Mm -hmm. punt punt interception yeah that's not great but that's not what the expectations were for the Seahawks offense. 
but the, that's the other thing is like the interception, which is a conversation you and I had before the season with like, right, is Russ's interception rate um, sustainable? And like, to me, I, I have no concern. Let me just put it this way. I have no concerns about the CX offense coming out of this game. Like I believe Russell Wilson is not going to throw those boneheaded picks, at least not consistently, you know what I mean? Like enough to where it's a concern. Boneheaded. Boneheaded. I would also say the 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 one concern I would have, I more than that, maybe might be losing Chris Carson because mm-hmm. as much as you and I live in the running backs don't matter world, I do think he matters. I do think there is a vast gulf between him and the rest of the Seattle running back group, um, and I think you saw that, frankly. So third and two, game on the line. Seahawks that was first weird. Down. I, 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 I don't know if you've rewatched that play at all, but it looks like, I mean, the blocking and uh, it was Hyde, right? Who had the mm-hmm. But the, the, it looks like there was some sort of miscommunication there. Mm-hmm. So you don't put that one on Hyde more so than just like... I, I have no idea whose fault it was. It was somebody, somebody screwed up. I'll say that. You watch, mm-hmm. If you watch it, um, it's like Damian Lewis, guard, and Hyde are not on the same page. Mm-hmm. Was it weird to actually see the Seahawks lose a chaos game? <laughs> no, the Seahawks have lost many chaos games over the years. Not uh, this year, though. Not this year, but the, I, over the years, I was mentally prepared for the loss. I, I was mentally prepared for the loss when Seattle was up 10-0 to zero going into the fourth quarter. I was like, oh, this game's over. I was like, please, come on. Um, yeah, I you, the, here's what surprised me. The Wilson interception, and then I think um, what Vance Joseph did to mm-hmm. Seattle on that final drive surprised me. What did he do? Um, so the difference in the game really ended up being that the Cardinals were able to get pressure on Wilson and then confuse him, right, mm-hmm. uh, in the fourth quarter at the very end of the game and then overtime. And, and meanwhile, Seattle and, – and Seattle was – it was, it was interesting. Like they were obviously they don't have a pass rush and we'll talk about that when we talk about Dunlap, but mm-hmm. they were also playing super off mm-hmm. and it was frustrating. Cause it's like, you know, they only need a field goal, right? Like there was, <laughs> there seemed to be no effort to, and I realized they were very afraid of Kyler Murray using his legs, but um, it, there, there was no confusion, disguise, creativity, the same whereas on the other side of the football. I thought Vance Joseph, you know, they went zero blitz, zero blitz. And then he tricked Russell and you know dropped back and um yeah that surprised me yeah i mean a bunch they're, of they're, they're just as untalented you know <laughs> i mean like there's no gulf in talent between these defensive lines so that's i think ultimately that was the difference well then let me ask you mm-hmm. after this game the cardinals are four and two five and two five and two they're five and two they've beat the seahawks now they blew out the cowboys blew out the jets uh, wins over san francisco the washington football team do you buy the Cardinals as a legitimate, like, top eight or top nine football team? I do not. Um, not. <laughs> Interesting. I feel like you're asking me questions, and then I'm answering them, and then I can't tell if you disagree or agree. Following <laughs> up with their questions is very frustrating. Um, I do not. How about you, Bill? This is my show. I ask the questions, Mina Kimes. You're the guest. No, I. I don't know. I mean, I... I think any NFC West team can beat any NFC West team. That's, a really, that out there. that's a really good way to put it. You know, I, I think that's totally fair. And I think that the Seahawks, you know, are, are five and one and those wins are banked. They're also two yards away from being three and three. 
you know, like yeah, but they also could have should have won this last game. I mean, very there's, easily, there's chaos. It's a chaos. They very easily could be six and zero. Oh. That's not out of the question either. Yeah. I mean, it's. I don't know that we know a lot yet. You know, <laughs> I feel like it's been six weeks, but like I don't feel like I have a good handle on what the Cardinals, especially the Cardinals, are. I think the Seahawks. I kind of know. Okay, the offense is really good. The defense yeah. is kind of stinky, especially without Jamal Adams and right. The, what they added with Carlos Dunlap, who we'll get to in a moment, but. You know, I think they're going to be in shootouts every week. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know if they're going to win all their shootouts, but I'm pretty confident mm. that's how that's going to look. With the Cardinals, I mean, you know, having watched Kyler so far this year, I feel like there was this perception earlier in this year that he was playing like an absolute superstar. I don't think that was warranted. And he's been a little better in recent weeks, but he's still making a lot of mistakes. I mean, yes, he... Mm-hmm. he's kind of what people thought Lamar Jackson was last year. Ah, okay. I, Even though I, Lamar, yeah. Please go ahead. Please. Explain no, no. Me. I mean, Lamar Jackson was passing the ball really well last year. Mm-hmm. He's passing the ball less well this year, but that's a separate conversation. Um, but I think people thought last year, they were like, you know, Oh, it's so easy. Wide open guy. He's not really throwing from the pocket, even though he was doing all of those things. Um, that's who Kyler Murray is right now. Like he, I, he really is not, um, reliable as a passer at the moment, but he is absolutely terrifying on his feet. Sure. That this and, is my, my perception of him. No, I think that's totally fair. And I think that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that level of play. I think he deserves to be considered as a really promising quarterback and a guy who, when he's at his best, might be unplayable. Like he is devastating. And in the fourth quarter of this game and in overtime, I felt bad for Bobby Wagner when <laughs> Tyler Murray and Chase Edmonds were running by him. And like Bobby Wagner is one of the best players in football, a hall of fame linebacker. And they were real tired in the fourth quarter and in overtime. And the speed the Cardinals have in those moments are going to make opposing teams look bad, but on a drive by drive basis, in terms of consistency, in terms of effectiveness, I just don't think the Cardinals are there yet when it comes to being one of the league's best offenses. And I think some of that is on Kyler still developing as a quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this was more of a referendum on Seattle's defense and the state of it. Um, but, you know, Kyler, like, that's not to say there aren't flashes where he shows you that if he puts it all together, he could be devastating. Did sure, I use, already use the word devastating? I think I did, but um, <laughs> they're just not there yet. And I I'm not... I just don't buy this Cardinals defense. I realize, I know what I was saying earlier is that they, they came big, came up big in the moment where Seattle mm-hmm. didn't down the stretch, but I just don't think um, they have the talent to be at, you guys, if they were a top eight team. And I realize I don't think Seattle necessarily does, but I think Seattle's offense is more consistently good. And I think Seattle's defense does have some upside that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I think that the, Cardinals are the second best red zone defense in football. I don't see that level of play from them over the first 80 yards of the football field, which makes me think it's unlikely to keep up over the rest of the season. I mean, I think the offense could still improve, but, you know, they're also struggling with injuries. Now Kenyon Drake is out for a while. DeAndre Hopkins is not 100%. Um, Kenyon Drake might actually be a positive being out of the offense. It might actually be better with Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is scary. He's really good. Like I, I kind of wish they had just given him the job last year. Yeah. Well, Kenyon's contract is I feel bad, but he's it's a one year thing, right? So mm-hmm. 
just transition tagged for this year. Yeah. Maybe they'll trade for David Johnson. Maybe they'll get David Johnson back. <laughs> we're going to talk about trades, but yeah, we're going to talk are. about we're going to talk about the Carlos Dunlap trade right now because in my notes here, the question I was going to ask you when I wrote them up this morning was, what do you think the Seahawks need to do to fix their defense? And John Schneider maybe came up with an answer for us. He traded B.J. Finney and a late-round pick to the Bengals for Carlos Dunlap, who, as of this weekend, I don't know if you addressed this on NFL Live, was trying to sell his house on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's one way to do it, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, I, we did not, I, we did not really address it on NFL Live. I, uh, did tweet this morning that uh, I saw the post about the selling the house and I tweeted Russell Wilson voice, hey, Seattle. <laughs> and I guess Seattle saw my tweet, uh, cause they made the trade. Thanks Seattle. I, I wouldn't put that past, uh, your, your reach and influence, uh, around the NFL, to be honest. I, I, it's a trade that makes sense, right? Like if you were saying, okay, the, the Bengals were going to trade Carlos Dunlap, which was pretty clear given what was happening there. The first team or one of the first teams, which would have came to mind were the Seattle Seahawks. Yes. So in terms of adding Dunlap, you look at the numbers, they're not great. These 106 in the NFL in pass rush win rate, three knockdowns all season. His snaps have come down, but he was not playing especially great before the snaps came down. But, he is a live body who has some history of success <laughs> rushing the passer. He was good last year. He, he was, was good, good last, last year. year. Yeah. I think he's 31, maybe. It's not like he's like Terrell Suggs in terms of... No, I remember go- going into the season when I did my Bengals preview, I was mm-hmm. looking at all the different... And, and I was... I remember being pleasantly... Like, I was like, oh, like he was pretty disruptive last season. So yeah. what, nine sacks, yeah. 21 knockdowns. I mean, 20 plus knockdowns each of the last seven seasons. A very consistent and consistently effective pass rusher. But Mina, number one, are you excited about the Dunlap move? And number yeah. two, well, yeah, I think that's probably the easier one of the two to answer. <laughs> number two, if this is the only thing the Seahawks do to address the defensive line before the trade deadline, have they done enough? So first question, yes, I'm excited because, you know, it's like a bag of chips for him. So it's not, I mean, it's a seventh and Finney who they did pay and then didn't win the job. He lost to Postage. He's played well, by the yeah. way. The interior Seahawks line has been pretty good. It's been very good. Especially compared to last year, previous years, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, as far as, like, the value goes, one-year deal, giving rid of nothing, I'm all – there's only upside here to me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a hope that you're – it's like a change of scenery trade, right? You're, like, hoping he can get back to some approximation of last year. It hasn't been that long since he was good. Um, and, you know, in the past, I've really liked Carlos Dunlap's player. I mean, he's enormous. Uh, so he's incredibly disruptive up front. Would he scare a coyote? He would absolutely scare a coyote. Uh, he is, what, six, seven, six, six or six? He's, he's a very big man, which like, gets all those batted passes. Um, yes. He's fast. He, you know, he can uh, contain. So I look, and, and again, we're talking about a team that, that whatever, I don't care what, the advances six day, they cannot rush the passer. So he is a live body, as you said. He brings experience to the table. Um, the hope there is that there's guys coming back, Rasheen Green and then Daryl Taylor, who was their second round draft pick, who they actually traded it up for and has not played a single snap because he's been hurt, that they'll get some internal reinforcements. But they needed him. I would be thrilled if they went after another player. I've seen Alden Smith batted around. That seems unrealistic to me, mm-hmm. but – um, 
I would, if there's a possibility or a chance to take a flyer on someone else, I'm all for it. So I don't know if it's enough, but it's definitely better than doing nothing. Uh, sure. And I think the combination of that and then, you know, like this, the strength of this defense was supposed to be the secondary, but they've like played very little football together. Mm-hmm. Like there's been like Adams played, but Dunbar was hurt. Dunbar's coming back from injury. Adam hasn't played. So I'm kind of reserving judgment right now on this secondary until I actually see them all together healthy consistently. Is that the optimistic viewpoint or the legitimate viewpoint there? Because I will say when Reserving they have, judgment. When they, when they have been on the field, Gwyneth Dunbar has been, I would say, bad at football when he's been on the field so yeah, far this he, season. He, he's banged up, though. But yeah, but you're, you're right. So uh, I think Jamal Adams coming back is pretty important. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Now, the only thing I would say is this. It's not, I agree with you 100% that it's just a flyer. I mean, it's just a seventh-round pick in Finney. Yeah. Like, it's not too much, but there is the opportunity cost of they have a limited amount of cap space and this is what they used it on. They didn't go for Ryan Kerrigan. They didn't go for Melvin Ingram. Maybe they wouldn't have access to any of those guys. Who knows? We're going to talk about them. Skeptical. Yeah. But do you think this was the best use of their cap space given the players who are likely to be available? I'm we'll see about Kerrigan. If he's so Kerrigan is the better player, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I have seen really mixed, I guess, thoughts on, you know, if he's available and how much it'll cost. So I hate to keep saying reverse, uh, reserve judgment. You got to think that they put in a call about him. But um, like I said, we'll see. I, I do think he's the better player. No question. Can I, can I give you a crazy stat for, for my column going up tomorrow on ESPN.com? Sure. Washington's playoff odds have improved more <laughs> That's why, that's why I'm like not sure about Kerrigan because Washington's still in the mix. <laughs> They're two and five. They got two NFC. That's wins. so that's weird. Um, God. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I think that if they were going to make a major addition, Dunlap made the most sense. They obviously are missing some draft capital because of the Jamal Adams trade. So I don't think they can do anything really all that crazy. Mm-hmm. And Given that there was interest in Dunlap, the Bengals were keeping him out of practice. They were going to make a move. I can't fault them too much for being the first team to make a move and not being stuck without, you know, uh, being able to get the guy you want. Like sort of like the, the situation last year where was it the, the Niners trade for Emmanuel Sanders before the Mohamed Sanu trade? Oh my God. Yes. I think you're right. Oh God. We don't talk enough about how bad the Sanu trade was. <laughs> I mean, was anybody <laughs> against it at the time? God, I mean, I remember just like thinking a second is rich, but I liked him as a player. And clearly that was a miscalculation. <laughs> I know he was hurt, but. He, uh, yeah, he, he suffered a high ankle sprain, which I think God. totally colors. Yeah. That trade. Second though, man, a second. That's so much. It's, 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 t- it's tough when, you know, the Falcons have pretty much made mistakes for the last three years and <laughs> you get beat by the Falcons in a trade. That hurts. Uh. Uh, yeah. Um, I could see them adding another lineman over the course of the rest of the season, but I think it's going to be more likely that it's someone who gets cut or you know, like if Don Tari Poe gets cut by the, by the stuff. Yeah, like I could see them adding someone. Oh, like, they've got Harrison coming back too, I should imagine, or starting at some point. <laughs> you know, another, like, guy, another guy who was good, bad like recently, but was good a couple years ago. So we'll see. I, I just feel like they had the opportunity to 
be in play for guys like like last year, Trail Suggs with the Chiefs, where they the Chiefs yeah. claimed Trail Suggs off of waivers. I could see them doing something like that, but I think that this is going to be their their only major move. They just don't have a lot of cash space to do anything. They could trade Jacob Hollister, but doesn't seem like they want to do that. Really, please do that. They, I mean, they just need this defense to be below average. They don't need to be even average or good. Just below average. That's all I want. Below average. Is it weird how quickly this has all changed? You mean like the dynamics of the team? Or? Yes, that we're talking about like, oh God, if the defense just isn't in the bottom four in DVOA, <laughs> they're going to be they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. It is weird. I mean, it's been like pleasant. I mean, like you know, you know, I talked about the offensive line for the season. I was really like, geez, who are mm-hmm. these guys? And they've played well. So yeah. the offense is a buzzsaw when Russell Wilson isn't throwing weird interceptions. <laughs> so you know, like that. I, but that's more of a, obviously a function of play calling than anything, so which is something none of us could have predicted. So we'll see. Do you really think that – this is my last question before we get to the trade mm-hmm. section. Okay. Do you really believe that Brian Schottenheimer going into the skybox is what made the box? <laughs> I think it's all the tweets. It's the rare case of Twitter bullying being effective. It happened, America. Keep bullying and maybe you will get lucky enough. <laughs> To enact the change you're hoping for from it really is crazy. It really you have to like have we ever seen like this kind of dramatic shift in philosophy? Okay. So here's the thing. The numbers the numbers say the Seahawks were the second most pass heavy team in neutral situations according to the involvement site in twenty seventeen. I don't feel like that was true thinking about what I was thinking about in twenty seventeen versus right now. Wilson was, was that the year Wilson was banged up or was that 2016? I think that was 2016. That was the game where Dominic Sue stepped on his yeah, ankle. ankle. That was, yeah. that was 2016. 2017 was the nine and seven <sighs> year. They yeah. did not make the playoffs that year. Yes. Really? Russ threw. Second most passes. Russ threw 553 passes. Yeah. I feel like that's thrown off by a few games. But... Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Okay. So moving on. Enough Seahawks discussion. <laughs> they will be fine. We have a lot of NFL teams to talk about. Yes, we do. We have a lot of teams who are going to be at least interested in adding somebody via trade over the next week or so. We talked about this a little bit on ESPN Daily this week. I don't know if you've heard of that, Mina. It's a daily podcast. I recommend you listen to it. It's good. It is uh, going to be basically two deadlines. The deadline by tomorrow, Thursday, is going to be the deadline for adding somebody who can play in week nine because of the league's COVID protocols. If you wait until the actual deadline on election day next Tuesday, you can't have those guys play until week 10. So I think you're going to see teams try to get trades done by tomorrow. And then maybe if someone falls through the cracks, if a situation changes, a team decides they're out of the race, an injury happens, you'll see trades maybe closer to the trade deadline. But I think you're going to see some action here in the next 24 hours. So Mina, I have asked you, uh, with a list of teams I have provided, I've asked you to pick a position where you think that each team might try to address a weakness. So let's start in the NFC. We talked about the Seahawks. Let's mm-hmm. go with the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals have already traded for Marcus Golden to replace Chandler Jones who's out for the year. Is there another place you think they could add help in the next week or so? I still think they could go edge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote that down. 
what is the over under on number of teams who need edge players? <laughs> That's a problem, Bill. I so many of these teams I wrote down edge and oh, I'm like, uh, um yeah but so, that, that's, that makes it better that the seahawks traded for dunlap now while they still have the option now. that's true that's true there's not going to be that many good options there um so i wrote edge uh i think they could use another corner mm-hmm. um Drake did not have a great game despite well yeah uh, um yeah i was gonna say despite the fact that patrick peterson turned into 2016 Patrick Peterson <laughs> against the Seahawks. Um, that's one that jumped out to me. Um, what about you? Those are the two biggest needs, I thought. Okay, so when I wrote my trade column a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. I had them trading for Zach Ertz. And that's oh, not going to happen yeah. now. But, like, they have Dan Arnold at tight end, who I think is – I've made this joke before, so I apologize to Dan Arnold. but they had Darren Phelps? No, he's on the Texans. I think he was on the Cardinals before. He's like one of those, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. 100%. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I absolutely. <laughs> like, first, when you said it for a second, I'm like, wait, is he actually on the Cardinals? Am I, did he get traded from the Texans? Because I was very uh. concerned. Uh, Dan Arnold is like the guy in the Key and Peel football sketch who has like the very white name. He <laughs> really sounds like an accountant. Yes, of course. Um, um, you, you always had like like in the Saints games, he was like the guy you're like when you would score a touchdown, like like fantasy owners across mm-hmm. America would be really upset. Anyways, yeah. like, it's not even Josh Hill. Like <laughs> I could see myself picking up Josh Hill, but Dan Arnold, uh, come on. So yeah. I could see them end. adding a tight end, giving Kyler some safer options. I was gonna so say I'm giving gonna... someone for Kyler to ignore over the middle of the field. Yeah. <laughs> but like I don't know if they would do this, especially after the Odell injury, but could this mm-hmm. be a place for David and Joku, maybe? Yeah, I don't think that you're. I think you're right though. That well, but you know what? The Browns. I mean, he's. They've got. They're still stacked at the position mm-hmm. with Hooper and then um, Harrison Bryant. He's good, man. Um, and they seem to really like it. Like he's really good, not just as a pass catcher, but also as a run as a blocker. Mm-hmm. I I can't even count the number of times I watch a Browns running play and Harrison Bryant is like a key <laughs> key puller or something. I'm like, oh, that guy. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think tight end makes, does make sense. I mean, it's, that was the thing going into the season in Arizona. It's like, okay, can Kyler make throws to the short intermediate or not short intermediate area of the field. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and there's some games where you kind of see that show up largely because DeAndre Hopkins is there, Yes. (laughs) but, um, it's still the glaring need to me on this offense. Mm -hmm. What about the Los Angeles Rams? Who do they need? Not yes. would they trade a tight end? No, 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 okay. no, no. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, they definitely won't. Um, okay, Rams. I wrote down also it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, line an outside linebacker. I think Michael Kaiser's played really well. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't think they need inside linebackers. So yeah, I have them at edge as well. I could see that. I mean, it sort of feels like they're going to go as far as Aaron Donald carries them. Yeah. You know, it's so they, whoever wants the honorary position of cleaning up Aaron Donald triple teams. Did you see Leonard did, Floyd was good in that Monday? Yeah, man. yeah. Did you see Leonard Floyd's celebration after he got that sack? <laughs> I did. I was like, buddy, buddy. He was he was happier than DK Metcalf was after yeah, that tackle. It was his revenge game, though. It was, and he got his revenge on Nick. When I love revenge games, yeah. <laughs> nothing better than a good revenge. I wonder if Aaron Donald, like honestly, when his teammates over the years get sacks that are clearly the product of his work, I wonder how that makes him feel inside. 
not going to comment on any Aaron Donald related matters. I don't want um, there, to yell any, at me. Oh my God, I know. Is there any other area other than Edge? The Rams are pretty complete. Yeah, that was tough. I thought maybe safety, just because they have Jordan Fuller on IR and he's yeah. going to come back, but they lost Terrell Burgess for the year. I thought maybe they would, but it, it's not like they're going to add a starter. Like they have Taylor Rapp. No, it'd be depth. It would be like yeah. a third, fourth safety. And Rapp and Johnson are good. Yeah. yeah. They could use, I mean, depth of corner also wouldn't kill them, even though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, Troy Hill and Darius Williams both played well. Yes. Uh, let's go elsewhere in the NFC, NFC South. What about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Are they. To you, number one, the best team in football. Number two, do you think they need to add anybody? So we had this conversation on my podcast, the Mia Kime Show featuring Lenny. And I ultimately said, yes, they're the best team in football. I think the Chiefs have higher upside, which is such a cop-out answer. Yes. Let me name two teams. <laughs> but come on, you kind of agree with me, right? Like that's, like I kind of feel like the Bucks are significantly more complete and probably have a higher floor. But the Chiefs, like, I, at any point, Patrick Mahomes will win the football game. For what it sounds like is you think the Bucks are better, but you're more scared of the Chiefs. I love that. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not sure I disagree with that. But the Bucks are really – the Bucks destroyed so, the Packers. Yeah, I know. So it's funny because – and I was trying to think, the Bucks' weakness really is just if you can get pressure on Brady, he, he – turns into a pumpkin, but that's not what we're doing here, which is we're looking at how to upgrade. Um, and I think the offensive line is really good. Mm-hmm. So I wrote nose tackle after losing Vita Bay, although they did add Steve McClendon, mm-hmm. right? So they're a bit just depth there. And then I think they could use another corner because um, when I try to think of weaknesses on this team, I think after Davis and Jamel Dean, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sean Murphy Bunting has struggled a bit. So I could see them upgrading there. Yeah, I guess with adding a veteran, maybe just to have someone who is not like 23 and, <laughs> and experienced. I, let me ask you, Mina, have you ever had an experience in your life like the experience Steve McClendon had uh, before that, that Jets game where he was traded and was like, you know what, I'm going to play one more game with this team and then I'm going to bail and drive across Florida to uh, join my new team? I just can't imagine going from the Jets to the Bucks. It's got to be great, right? What is that feeling like? Yeah. It's like, I don't, I mean, I, I've never had that workplace experience because I went from like Bloomberg to ESPN, you know, it wasn't like. This would be like if you knew you were leaving Bloomberg for ESPN and you like went to your Bloomberg terminal and just, <laughs> just grinded super hard for three hours. Then you were like, you know what? I'm that is actually kind of what I did though, because at Bloomberg, um, it's like such a, te- it's a tech company first and foremost. So when you leave, you have to leave that day. You have to take all your, your stuff with you. It's really strange actually, <laughs> because they don't want people hanging around and like taking trade secrets, I guess. And I was like, I mean, I'm going to, I'm not going to like CNBC, <laughs> but I literally had to like take all, so I had, like went to work knowing that I was going to quit and yeah, anyways, that's a bit of a digression. Um, what about you for the Bucks? The Bucks are so stacked. They are. Like, there's just, like, Hard. the thing they would need would be, like, a franchise left tackle or, right. you know, like, a superstar cornerback. Like, they don't – they already, already have one, but, like, the stuff they yeah, need Colin is – Davis is pretty good. Right, exactly. Like, he might be one of the best corners in football already. So, like, I don't think they need I, – I don't, I don't think the stuff they need is stuff they're likely to get – over the course of the next week with $5 million in cap space. I think maybe some depth on the edge just because you have JPP yeah. as one of your starting edge rushers and 
like I just JPP has a history of not being available for key stretches. So that's I a good point. Maybe just add another edge rusher, but that seems like a cop out because everyone apparently needs more edge rushers, including to me the next team on our, my list, which would be the New Orleans Saints, right? Yeah. Having the exact same situation where I think they could use a third edge rusher. I guess Trey Hendrickson has played well this year, but I just, again, Marcus Davenport is a guy who has not been healthy for the last couple of years. It's actually identical for the Bucks. I wrote edge and corner depth. But corner is weird too, because like I, I've talked about this a lot, but like the Saints secondary, I just don't understand what's going on because those are good players who are just playing badly. So it's weird, right? Because it's not like there's obvious quote-unquote upgrades they just need to play better um so it's hard for me to like look around the league and say yeah they should sign Eli they should bring back Eli Apple or something you know like there aren't obvious stars either Mm. to my eye so but I was just trying to think of areas where they're strong I mean I guess they could use wide receiver depth too with some Mm. of the injuries that they've had um although I guess Sanders was COVID not injury but um, whatever's going on with, you know, Michael Thomas is kind of weird. So maybe corner, maybe another wide receiver. Do you think that they're just going to figure it out and be fine at some point during the season? Or do you think just what this is going to be like for them? The defense? Yes. Yeah. Especially right, the secondary. I think the offense kind of is what it is. Sure. Um, although, you know, again, with Breeze, like he's had games where he looks like 2018, 2019 regular season Drew Breeze. And then he's had games where he looks like end of season Drew Breeze and, that's going to be the distinction there, but um, they don't need quarterback depth actually in that team. So uh, yeah, I, I don't I, I, like past history suggests they will because like Marcus Williams and Marshawn Lattimore are and Malcolm Jenkins are his in Janoris Jenkins are like historically competent NFL players. Um, but I don't know, man, it's been, I, I tweeted this like, that's been a mystery for me. Mm-hmm. the issues that they've had i mean from hearing what's coming out of there it sounds like it's a mystery to them too which i think is the really disconcerting thing and same over the past few years too. same yeah. coaches a lot of the same people and each of the last couple of years they've made changes in that secondary that have made things work a couple of years ago it was ken crawley coming in and starting mm-hmm. at corner uh two years ago it was eli apple who they traded for last year Norris jenkins who came in right at the end of the season i mean they, they really have added somebody each year so i wonder if they're just going to say hey this has solved our problems the last three years we got to give someone else a shot just for the sake of seeing how that's worked in the past yeah i uh i think the saints like i'm trying to think of a team where i feel like i've been um, i was more they're probably the team i thought the highest of before the season where Mm -hmm. i've kind of gone the opposite direction really I feel like I've been too harsh on Drew Brees. I I definitely have been too harsh on Drew Brees, but I also don't believe in Drew Brees at the same time. Mm-hmm. Can both things be true? Yes, yes, they can be true. I think that's fair. I think that Drew Brees is not about to fall off the cliff and be, you know, end of days Peyton Manning. But I also think he's more inconsistent. Like, I think there are stretches where he looks totally fine. I think he's going to look better with Michael Thomas. But I also think that he is extremely conservative in a way that he has not been in years past. And I'm worried about that against some of the league's better yeah. defenses, especially as we get into December and January. I mean, their defense is going to have to be good to yes. contend. So. Uh, today in rumors that would terrify me if I was someone who was so stupid 
as to write that the Green Bay Packers were likely to decline heading into the 2020 season, there were rumors that the Packers were getting Will Fuller. Does that scare you? Yeah, absolutely. It's also was reported today that Alan Lazard is back at practice. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is terrifying um, for opponents of the Green Bay Packers. Um, so wide receiver is the obvious area, I think, that you know everyone's kind of bringing up. Mm -hmm. um, the other, I mean, this is like a perpetual thing, but linebacker kind of would be the other area if there was somebody out there that they thought could improve, I think, their ability to stop the run. Um, the edge has kind of come on over the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. That's our me the pass rush. So that I, I think they're probably fine there. Uh, they could also use, I think, another corner. Um, you know, they've got a true number one in Jair Alexander, but mm -hmm. behind him, there's the rest of the secondary has been pretty inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, Kevin King is super inconsistent. Josh Jackson has been a disappointment since being taken in the second round. I wonder if there's like a buy low team looking at him, maybe. Um, if a team maybe has a veteran cornerback, like, I don't think this is going to happen. In fact, I'm going to say it's not going to happen for sure. But like, like a Stefan Gilmore for Josh Jackson and blank, blank, blank would be like a trade where I could see both sides having it make some sense for them. Um, but again, please don't say that I think that's going to happen because I don't think that's going to happen. Um, is it, are, are we being too focused on the wide receiver thing just because Number one, Devontae Adams seems to be pretty good on his own without Alan Lazard. They are getting Lazard back. And then this offense was incredible in yeah. September and October without Devontae Adams for most of it. I'd rather have a, improve the defense. but So, yes, I agree. Everyone's really dialed in on the receiver thing. But I, I will say because Lazard and Adams have both been out with injuries, it probably is smart to add depth there. Not I, I, like if they're both on the field, I agree it's fine. And I know that they had a one game where they were awesome without them, but um, and that 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 was the game that made me think that they need a secondary receiver. By the way, it was the Bucks game, right, where they got treaded mm -hmm. because I, I, watching that, I was like, okay, there are certain defenses in the NFL mm -hmm. that you cannot beat with like twenty fullbacks <laughs> and a lot of pre-snap motion, <laughs> and the Bucks are one of them. And you're probably going to play them in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So you know, can I tell you my? trade that would break the internet that would oh, be God. really exciting what not kenny stills not will fuller but a different member of the houston texans organization going to the green bay packers deshaun watson no well that's not gonna happen i know i'm just kidding but but jj watt jj watt in the state of wisconsin in the state of wisconsin a guy who you know, that, that's a Super Bowl contender. The Texans are not a Super Bowl contender. J.J. Watt's contract is running out. I'm not sure if they're going to re-sign J.J. Watt. I'm not sure if J.J. Watt should want to re-sign there. Mm. I'm not sure. But if you trade J.J. Watt, like, like yeah. Houston's going to go crazy. You know how you asked me that thing about how I'd be mad if the Seahawks, like, missed out on something? <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, if J.J. Watt is traded... Uh, for anything that's like less than a ton, you know, like a whatever second round or something, uh, I would be pretty upset as a Seattle fan. Who is the guy who um, is running the Texas operations now? Jack Easterby. Jack Easterby, yeah. If if Jack Easterby, who has like no public profile, who's disliked already by a ton of, of Texans fans, traded JJ Watt, I feel like that would not go over well. 
if they get a lot for him though it should go real well based on the state they, i feel like just because he's such an institution there no i know i'm saying it's from an intellectual standpoint I, I, happy. as an intellectual i mean like, I uh yes yeah. yeah uh but yeah no that that it does make sense like i said i i would go defense but mm. yeah i think wide receiver might be easier to fill there's just a lot of wide receivers yeah out there, there are 100 um, yeah for the bears i mean the bears could be a team that goes after a wide receiver. I wrote in my notes another tight end because I want the Bears to just be all tight ends all the time. But I think a wide receiver could make sense. Wide receiver. I wrote wide receiver. I wrote guard. Mm-hmm. Um, Bears offensive line is a problem. Oh, that was. Uh, I mean, the Rams defensive line is good, but holy, holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wrote quarterback <laughs> in a semi-trolling uh, uh, move there. I mean, do you? We, we both saw that game uh, on yeah. Monday night. Do you think the Bears are better off with Mitch Trubisky? No, it's the same. I don't agree. I don't agree with that. I don't like Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I, th- I think the value is the same. Like, I think that like, they're both, they both have equally as much value to offer in like a neutral offense. That's what I meant. But if you have a bad line, no, that's a good point. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Trubisky because at least he can scramble for a few percent. Would you trade a third for Ryan Fitzpatrick? Mm. Speaking of bad luck, <laughs> I, I mean, if you're the Bears, yes, you've, that's what you've I'm already about, yeah. you've already made the decisions that you've made. Like, why not? Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying, man. Go all, just do it. Pull the trigger. Go all in for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Would, that, would he break the record then if he's on the Bears? How many teams? I think Josh McCown has a record. Anyways, yeah. Um, I The Bears' defense is good. Oh, yeah, it's great. Um, they just need something. <laughs> but, like, is, is Fitz going to make that difference? If he plays like you – and that's a major conditional if. We've seen the streaks. But based on how he's played so far this season, yeah, I, I know that. That's, that's Fitz. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I was going to say that that's Fitz with Chan Gailey, who is like, Chan Gailey is the Brian Fitzpatrick whisperer. Yeah. And, 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 and better weapons, of course, too. And better weapons, yeah. yeah. And I think that. Well, not significantly, but I mean, Alan Robinson is good. Alan I, I like good. Cole Komet. Do I you, like that Moon. You really he have strong. Darnell Mooney. He was, he, did you see Darnell Mooney juke Jalen Ramsey? Mm-hmm. And just completely, Nick Poles overshot him. Like, how frustrating must that be? And then, by the way, Jalen Ramsey, you should have been put on tape for that, but you won't be. Uh, anyways, what are you going to say? I, I don't know. I mean, I think, like, I don't think Darnell Mooney is the problem, but I think I'd rather add something to help out there. Yeah. Get a wide receiver and a quarterback. <laughs> and a guard. So Taysom Hill? You're five and two, right there, five and two. Taysom Hill. Ah, miss. A team that is not five and two, but two, four, and one. But in first place in the NFC East are the Philadelphia Eagles, who just just a mix of players getting injured, a mix of players coming back week after week. I can't even keep track of it at this point. Like Jalen Rieger and Dallas Goddard are back practicing. That's like great. They're gonna be hurt in three weeks anyway, because that's what's happening to the Eagles this year. But if you had to pick one position they could fix right now or try to fix right now, what would it be? 
Well, I would say wide receiver, but it seems like the less famous the wide receiver is, mm-hmm. the more likely Carson Wentz is going to have chemistry with him. Mm-hmm. Right? So don't trade for a wide receiver. Go to like the Turkish Football League or something. Just find a dude. Um, so otherwise, I guess linebacker and corner. <laughs> ah, this works. You have to pick one. Can't pick both. What are you talking about? I've been picking multiple positions all right. day. Okay, what's their first? What's their first priority? Linebacker. Linebacker, yeah. But they don't. They don't care about linebacker. Though. I, like that's almost like their feature. Like Nigel, isn't Nigel Bradham a free agent right now? Um. Yes, I, I just looked it up. Yes. And they have not even bothered to try and pick him up. I think that's kind of telling. Um. I honestly could still see them going after an offensive lineman. Like, who is... Oh, the, yeah, that's a good one. Who, no, you're right. What's his name? Um, Quentin Spain, who just got cut, right? Yeah, someone's going to sign him. Like, I could see them going after Quentin Spain. Makes a ton um, They are getting Jason Peters back. Like, the whole thing about him not playing guard, now it seems like that's kind of up in the air. He might play guard, he might play tackle. The good thing is they need everything. So, I, I think adding a... Ambulatory offensive lineman would help. Ambulatory. Um, I think that's fair. I, yes, I. Re- but they, they really should have a linebacker. Sure. <laughs> I understand that that that's not a priority for them, though. I, I, I'm glad we're in agreement about wide receiver. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Like, like not only should they sign the least famous wide receiver they can, but also. The names need to sound the least like a super talented <laughs> athletic wide receiver like Travis Fulgham. That's great. It sounds like maybe someone's throwing up when you say Travis Fulgham. It's perfect. Greg Ward is like a guy I roomed with freshman year at Northeastern. Great. Perfect. I think like, Greg Ward's actually really good. I think they're both good. Like I they're think both good, yeah. not taking anything away from them as a player, but like or as players. But I feel like for some reason, the Eagles have decided in their heads, oh, well, these aren't the real guys. The real guys are Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Reed. It's like, no, actually, those guys are the real guys. Yeah, yeah like, just stick with those guys. And if, <laughs> if Deshaun Jackson's healthy for a week, awesome. That's a bonus. Oh, but even John Hightower has the really good for stretches. He torched the Giants last week, sadly. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Another conversation for another day. Um, moving to the AFC, the Buffalo Bills. A, a uh, team who have gone pretty much exactly the opposite of what I would have expected heading into the season. Yes. Um, I wrote two positions again. Screw you. I'm going to say both. Uh, <laughs> I wrote edge okay. and nickel. I, 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 I think they could use a cornerback and like even for, in their base defense. You know, I feel like yeah. Trinavius White's not a hundred percent. Um, Josh Norman is hurt and he's, I mean, his soul was stolen from his body a couple weeks ago. Levi Wallace is on IR. Um, the problem is invariably when the bills need a player, my first thought is, okay, which former Panthers are available to take over this spot? And I can't think of a Panthers cornerback from the past. who's free. <laughs> they might sign Eli Apple. Oh, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. He, he was not on the Panthers when Sean McDermott was there. But I think just if you can, like, describe what the cooking in the Panthers facility is like to Sean McDermott, it makes him feel at home and he's one to sign there. God, the corners are really – I mean, the whole site. The, the problem with the, the Bills defense is, like, they really have regressed at every level. And Ed Oliver has disappointed me. 
um, like outside of Hughes, they're really just not getting a rush. Matt Milano can't be counted on to be healthy. And then the corners are bad. So it's a real, I mean, that defense just, they really could add every position to be frank. Um, but I, I do think corner is important. Do you think they should consider a more significant move? Like for like a, you know, like if they can get, who would it even be? Like, I don't even know who would be available necessarily. Like if, should they have gone for Ngakwe before the Ravens did it? Throwing JJ Watt around. Um, Sure. Yeah, I do. I do think so because they should win this division. Um, You know, Josh Allen, maybe he's not going to play like first four weeks, Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. but that offense is still good. They should be good, you know? So I absolutely think that this is one of those teams where like they could swing big. Is there a weird Bills curse where they can't be good on offense and defense at the same time? Apparently, man. But then that curse apparently applies to like every team in the NFL right now except the Bucks <laughs> and the Steelers. Well, speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh, I have a good one. What's your good one here? Is it quarterback? It Maybe is quarterback. Gonna... No. <laughs> uh, yeah, because the, the, you know, we know their backups are they're not good. Sure. <laughs> and, um yeah th- this is that's the deal this team is good enough to where if they can just get average quarterback play they can compete in any game if ben gets hurt so this is one of the teams and they also need a quarterback of the future so i would love to see the steelers take a swing on darnold haskins whatever mm. do you think the steelers should bring in a quarterback for big boy throws because ben roethlisberger can't throw deep anymore no comment no comment from NFL Live's Munich Kimes on Ben Roethlisberger's deep throws. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think they should have done it before the season. I think they should have been yep. in the market for no question. A, a more significant backup option. You know, if this were Philip Rivers or Eli Manning, you might be able to sit here and say, okay, well, chances are he's not going to play. They're not going to play the full 16 games. I don't think you can say that about 39 or 38-year-old Ben Roethlisberger. And Remember, they yeah, don't get a. It's not you don't even have to like soft pedal that the dude like walks on the sideline and like clutches his hand every other game. And I'm not trying. I'm not saying that to be mean. He's 38. I would do the same thing. Okay, but uh, yeah, hundred percent. And we know we've the, the great benefit they had, and this is why they should have taken a quarterback going the season is we know what they've got behind him. Mm-hmm. It's not pretty. Okay, mm-hmm. like no. They also don't have a buy the rest of the season. Mm. So they did not, they had like the fake buy during, before the Tennessee game. Um, I would say, if not quarterback, maybe inside linebacker now that Devin Bush right. is out for the year. Um, there's options out there. Like Avery Williamson could be available from the Jets. Uh, more expensive is Denzel Perryman from the Chargers. I could see them taking a flyer there and just bringing in a, a veteran to, you know, in, in case uh, Robert Spillane, I think his first name's Robert, yes. uh, Spillane mm-hmm. is not, you know, a star player or is not, you know, a guy who can hold up that part of the defense, but they're so good everywhere else that I can't imagine them making many other major changes. That's the only other one I had. And I thought, I and mean, Spillane's actually looked okay, but, you know, he's only played one and a half games. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think if they can get some veteran help on the inside, that would, that would be meaningful. Elsewhere in the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens, who are weirdly disappointing, even though they're like, you know, know uh, in first place or close to first place. They are five and one. Their only loss has been to the Chiefs. They've been, you know, pretty consistently effective. Their, their one close victory was in Eagles game where they were up 16 points and the Eagles had two late touchdown drives with a 
kind of questionable pass interference penalty. I mean, they, they're very good. And yet, because Lamar's taking a step backwards, because their offense looks inconsistent, we treat them like they're this super flawed football team. I'm, is that unfair to say? The way that, yeah, no, that, that's how they're being talked about. You're absolutely right. Um, and we're going to the, like this crazy big game for both them and the Steelers. So mm-hmm. I think we'll see how reactions sort of settle after that. But th- this is an easy one for me. Um, I think receiver is like this, this offense is the second cheapest offense in the NFL. And in retrospect, like there's, we probably should have seen regression coming in a number. It's not just Lamar. It's the line. Of course they lost a hall of fame guard and Marshall Yonda, but like, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have better, like, I guess Willie Sneed was this guy last year, but they really like, if you want to call Hollywood Brown, a number true number one, which I don't mm-hmm. believe that's what he is. There's nothing really consistent behind him. Um, and part of the problem with Lamar is of course been how much he struggled against the blitz Mm -hmm. and i think they would really benefit from adding like a veteran slot receiver like a golden tate type or if he was available james and crowder but he probably won't be what about and again this is just throwing a patriot out there to attract attention obviously (laughs) what about julian edelman oh old clickbait barnwell at it again you know uh that i mean yeah they would Totally. Obviously he's not what he was, but like what Lamar needs is just like that guy who can reliably, you know, be there on like a five yard hot route. Like Mm -hmm. it it feels like that's missing from their offense. Yeah. And that guy shouldn't be hard to find, but it feels like they don't have that person right now. Do you really think Crowder is not going to be available? I don't know. That would be the dream. Like that, the dream, that's probably like it's Jameson Crowder, but he's good. And I think he would be a perfect fit for what they need. I think so too. I, I think if he's not available, the Jets should consider making him available because I think he would actually get net them a kind of meaningful pick. And totally. I, you know, they're not trying to win. They're not going to win even with him. So I could see that trade making total sense. What about the Cleveland Browns? Um, safety and edge is what I have, but safety is the main one. Yeah. I mean, losing Grant Delpit hurt. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I haven't checked in a couple weeks. I know that there was a literal, um, what's the word? Uh, when you get a bunch of signatures, what's that, that thing when you get a bunch of signatures? Petition. For a, petition. <laughs> there was a petition to get rid of Andrew Sandejo, which oh is- Oh my just, gosh, that's, that's mean. mean. That's mean, but, I, but having watched Cleveland Browns games, I understand why. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they have, they have Ronnie Harrison from the Jags. I think they want to get him in a bigger role, but you know, it's just- they that was already gonna be a weakness for them heading into the season and it's only gotten worse. And they're a legit playoff team. Like they're gonna make the most postseason most likely. So, you know, I I, I think I, I don't think they sh- they can um make like a, a super serious move. I don't think they're gonna trade like their first round pick for a player, but like if Justin Simmons were available, like I would encourage them to take a swing. Like if Justin Simmons is available. <laughs> yeah. You think that they would make just, I guess, because they franchised him and didn't pay him. He's not going to get more, like, cheaper. I mean, he's going to get more expensive. He's been good this year. He's, uh, he was awesome last year. Yeah. I mean, he was awesome last year. He's, 
clearly wants more than they're willing to pay. I don't know if the Browns are the team that want to pay that, but if you can trade a two for him, and then if you don't think you're going to be active in free agency, get a three for him, or maybe a four, but most likely a three in free agency next year. I mean, that's not the, the worst rental idea in the world. Yeah. I, I It's hard. Free safety is a really thin position in the NFL right now, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so it's really hard to identify targets. Um, I think Marcus May on the Jets, who's not, he's a little bit more, I mean, I think he can play both positions, but yeah. he's, he's a good player. I also sat next to him on a plane once, so I can personally <laughs> vouch that he's a pleasant human being. Um, he would be someone, if I were the Jets, I'd be looking to move. Sure. Um, ask someone who sat behind the Gary Blunt as he uh, made a phone call while the plane was literally taking off. Uh, if you are concerned about plane safety, don't sign the Garrett Blunt <laughs> team. Oh, I love the Garrett Blunt. He's great. I, I mean, I, he, I, I don't have issues. I, if this is how it's going to end for me, it's a good story that I can text Mina as the plane's going down about LeGarrett Blunt. Um, I, you know, I, I understand that they are not a throw-happy team, but they did just lose Odell Beckham to a torn ACL. I think they could still be in the market for an addition at wide receiver. Honestly, mm. I think they would be a team that I could see taking a shot on Will Fuller. Baker's got that Wentz quality, though, where – he only likes like Richard Higgins, right? Or, Hollywood or, Higgins, is it Richard? Yeah. Or Donovan, People, Donovan Peoples Jones. <laughs> I did not know he was on the Browns until that touchdown. Did you, did, I had no idea. That was a beautiful throw, by the way. So it was. Shout out to Baker. Um, yeah, no, but they, you're right. They could use another wide receiver. That's true. Uh, Tennessee, a team that I think I have a counterintuitive pick for. Oh, give me yours first. I have running back. Okay. I have running back because they really rely on Derrick Henry a lot. And if mm, Derrick Henry were to get hurt, fresh. Mm. keep him fresh. And also, just if he gets hurt, I don't think that they're going to be sustainable with Darrington Evans and Jeremy McNichols at running back. I think they need to add one more veteran just to have for, you know, maybe five, 10 snaps a game now and then to play a more meaningful role later in the season i don't i don't know that frank gore is that guy but i think that's the kind of addition i'd be thinking about where it's like you're adding a veteran or maybe maybe it's like a carry on johnson where it's just like you're Hmm. adding a guy who you think is a a solid pure runner even if he's not going to catch passes even if he's not going to be a guy even if he's going to be inactive for weeks you know right now as long as you have him in reserve and you can activate him for certain weeks where you think Derrick Henry is going to want more of a rest. I think that that would be a logical addition for me. That makes a lot of sense, actually. What do you think I wrote? I think you wrote edge rusher. <laughs> I did. I, I, I was thinking corner as well, but I forgot that Dory Jackson's coming back. Mm-hmm. I think that'll help there. So they've got reinforcements coming on the way. But yeah, this pass rush has just been MIA. But I am not sure there's anyone out there. I, I'm you know, they, I, there's, they don't want to, I'm, I don't think they'd want to make a long-term investment there. So it would have to be some sort of rental. Um, I mean, they already have Genevieve Clowney and Vic Beasley as rentals. Do well, Vic Beasley's Vic beasley Yeah, I know. That's the problem. Who could have seen that coming? Um, Clowney has just been, he's clownied too. He's probably going to have like a game in the coming weeks where it's like a primetime game and he like looks like the best player on earth. And oh then- no, Mina. Week nine, okay. 
Are they uh, playing Seattle? They're playing Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. I'll regret saying this, but the pass rush has been has been a problem. That's yeah, been the biggest sure. problem with the team. Yeah, for sure. And like they're they're pretty set. Like they're a very deep team. Even if they lost, or even given that they lost Taylor Lewan to a torn ACL, like they have Dennis Kelly at right tackle. They have Isaiah Wilson, who you would figure once he's hopefully recovered from yep. COVID would be stepping in as their left tackle for the rest of the season. Like they have options at a lot of positions. So, you know, I think backup running back, backup quarterback as well, if Ryan Tannehill were to get hurt. Um, I think those are the places they probably need to look at options that are, you know, not that expensive, but I do think the, the edge is a problem. I just don't know if they had like, it's just so many mm. rentals. I, I just, it's so tough to be like, right, okay, we're going to have three rentals and Harold Landry. Like at some point you kind of just have to hope that Clowney and Beasley look like impact players and they just haven't. Yeah. I, you're right. I mean that, that, that it, they targeted this, you know, in the off season, it just, they chose poorly. Yeah, it just hasn't worked. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders in playoff contention. I wrote down anything on defense. Yeah, no, it's hard to choose an area on defense. Uh, they don't need a defensive tackle. Okay. I'll start there. That Everything but defensive tackle has been fine. Also, um, God, you know what? I'll take an L on this. Corey Littleton was awesome with the Rams. Mm-hmm. He's been terrible for Vegas. That's mm-hmm. been really confusing uh, to me watching them. Um, so, but yeah, just, they can't cover. So anyone who can cover any position, corner, safety, I don't, just literally anyone who can cover. That's what I wrote. I guess edge too, but most, I, I, pass coverage, I think is their biggest problem. It's been really weird. I mean, they signed Colin uh, <sighs> the Sape from the Buccaneers. And like, he's barely playing for them. Um, Max Crosby is their only player with more than one sack so far this season. Um, they're committed to playing Colin Farrell, but like, pretty clear at this point he's not the guy like you know he's fine but he's, he's fine not, he's not the you know top five at the defensive end that they were hoping to get when they took him um so i i mean i think there's i think pass they need defense. yes <laughs> just, just defense. the passer or cover but like they need stars like they don't need yeah they, they, actually that's not true they need guys who are competent and they need stars like I just don't know if there's the stars out there they're going to be able to go out and trade for. Um, they have draft capital, right? So they could they do. invest. True. And I think this offense has, just to be positive, has a pretty high ceiling. So I, I actually, like if I'm the, the Raiders, I would buy. I'd be a buyer and be willing to invest in that defense. I agree. Um, they have their own picks. They have an extra fourth rounder. Um, I think, yeah, they have an extra fourth rounder. They have no, sorry, they have their own fourth rounder. Hmm. Sorry, they traded the fourth rounder to the Dolphins and then got it back in the Lynn Bowden trade. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, side note, actually, did not ask you about this team, and I'm going to put you on the spot. The Miami Dolphins. Extra first round. I'm not going to say offensive line. <laughs> extra first round pick, extra second round pick. Uh, Rumors, Xavier Howard is on the block. Is there something spicy happening Wait, there? Like, I saw that. I was. Um, I'm not sure if I believe those rumors. I don't just, believe it at all. Why? Okay. Why is that rumored? Like, what do you think is the like? Let's break this down a little bit. Maybe you would argue that he has had trouble staying healthy, and uh, yeah. the the people that drafted him are no longer in the organization. The people who extended him, I believe, are no longer in the organization. Um, 
maybe there's like some kind of confidence play with Adam Gase here where they're just trying to con Adam Gase into making a <laughs> he's deal. He's still for good. Am I crazy? Like, he had, it's not he like... Had, he had picks in four consecutive games I, earlier this year. Like, what the hell? Um, they, they need to rush the passer. Their coverage is fine. So yeah. I, have, I have edge for them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep saying edge. So edge... It's uh... <laughs> fair. Oh God, running back. Uh, yeah, I don't like. I don't know. You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just yeah. <laughs> really what they do need is an offensive lineman. I, I'm not right. saying. Okay. <laughs> I I I've already I've already blocked the worst parts of Dolphins Twitter for being upset that I was like complaining that Andre uh, Branch wasn't a good free agent signing. So ooh. they yeah. do need to rush the passer. They so do. we can agree on that. Hundred percent. Finish up. Last team. <laughs> The Kansas City Chiefs, the defending mm. Super Bowl champions, the team that Mina Kimes is more scared of than any team in the NFL. What do they need to add? Well, it's similar to the Packers, or who, who did I say needed linebacker? Oh, Eagles. Like, I, I would say linebacker, but again, they don't care. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. What do you mean? They, that they don't care that they need one? I mean, they paid Anthony Hitchens a ton of money. That's true. I, I feel like they have bad taste in linebackers. Maybe that's a bit more. And than so I think that's why I've chosen poorly. Yes. Um, you know, they could still use corner depth. I like the corners they have, but mm-hmm. they've, you know, there's injuries. And what, what's the deal with Legereus Sneed? Is he, he's out for the season, right? He's coming back. Is he coming back? Okay. Um, I'm going to look up. He's on IR, but I believe he is returning. And then I, 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 I know I'm a broken record, but Edge, again, I think I know. I know. I, I, I agree. I think they need to. I think adding a third pass rusher behind um, Frank Clark and Clark. Chris Jones yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it, you know, like Charles, who's is Taco Charlton, their third yes. pass rusher. Like, you know, come on. So that's where I. From a Seahawks fan. I mean, I know this, but this is a Super Bowl team, so you know that's like this should be a team that should always be. They all clearly are always fine. Can I go in a different direction here? I would say a second tight end. Oh, that's interesting. Because Ricky Stills Jones has not been healthy. Yeah, I couldn't even think of it. Uh, Nick Kaiser, who was as in playing that role, fumbled uh, a catch away against the Broncos last week. I, I, I they're not going to trade for like. You know, Zach Ertz or somebody, they don't have the cap space. I don't think they should make a significant investment. Just having a reliable second tight end, I think, would help them out a bunch in the red zone where they're already concerned about clearly because yes. they went out and signed Le'Veon Bell. I love that idea too. Yeah, it would give them some more flexibility uh, for both, uh, you know, in the red zone and I think blocking at times. And um, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And they I, must, the- I mean, God, how they, they must play like amongst the lowest two tight end sets in the NFL, right? I think it's tough because they use Sherman, Sherman. as like a second like H-back. Yeah. So they mix stuff up here and there. But they do, obviously, they're going to play a ton of 11 personnel, a ton of 10 personnel. So they don't need, a, but like Kelsey's also not a, not always a traditional tight end. And actually, they play. Yeah, and now that I think about it, they do play for about 12. It's just I don't think of, ty- of Travis Kelsey as a tight end. Yes. Because they the split him out so much. And yeah, they do the three by one. Yeah, so you're right. They do use two tight ends. So yes. that makes a ton of sense. They personnel 20% of the time. Yeah, but again, Kelsey's, but Kelsey's a wide receiver. But so. Kelsey's basically a wide receiver. Yeah, no, that, that's a good idea. I like that. So have we solved everyone's problems? <laughs> Everyone needs an edge rusher. So you can all fight over the four available edge rushers. 
Do you Man, think- what, a, what a move by the Ravens, by the way. I, I'm sure you talked about that. Yeah, before, you know, like now, as we've gone through the NFL and talked about the needs, like, I, they probably, I, it feels like the Vikings could have gotten more, maybe, but I don't know. Can you think of a trade in recent past that's gone wrong more significantly and, and more quickly than the Yannick Ngakwe trade for the Vikings? Mm. I would say Ra- like the- Raiders trading for Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably a good one. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say like the Randy Moss situation where he got traded from the Patriots and then got cut like a month later. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That was That's a good one too. Yeah. That was a decade ago. Do you think we are going to see Percy Harvin's a good example? Yeah, but that, that at least was a year plus in real time. He, we, hey, he got that. So he was this meaningful Super Bowl contributor. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> got into a fist fight with Golden Tate and returned a kickoff for a touchdown. I, you know, and I love that example because it's always in my back pocket when people talk about the importance of locker room chemistry. <laughs> it's good so to have actually, a fight. Yeah, actually. Do you think we're going to see any major trades? Do you think we will see a first or second round pick change hands over the next week? Mm. My instinct is no. Is traded. If is traded. I don't think we've mentioned another player, though, who would merit that sort of return. Um, maybe Justin Simmons, but I don't think he's going to get traded. Thinking maybe. of like the really, I mean, I don't think Quinn Williams is going to get traded. I know that's kind of being batted yeah, around a little bit. I don't think Melvin Ingram's going to get traded, or I think if he does, he's not going to get a two anyway. I don't think Haskins or Darnold will command that. I think Darnold maybe would. I don't know. I could mm-hmm. see, I could see someone giving up a two for Darnold. Like I brought up the Colts as my ideal trade person for a trade uh, destination for Darnold. I could see a two. You're right. No, Maybe. I can see it too. Yeah. But I, I don't think he's going to get traded, to be honest. You don't? But, I mean, like... Like, not now. The, the right thing to do would be to trade him. But it's... <laughs> like, I think Joe Douglas is kind of competent, but like that's just one of those deals where, like, you're going to have to go to your owner and be like, hey, we're giving up on the guy we built the franchise around for the last three years, and we're getting a second-round pick from a playoff team that for it. would also be, like the most blatant tank like we have not really seen that in the nfl it's true like um do you think will fuller would net a second round pick Mm, yeah i could see that i could see like a second from like the packers or Mm -hmm. something like a good team i don't i don't see a first round pick getting traded i could see Uh, maybe maybe a like 90 plus percent playoff team trading a second round pick that's it for me yeah, I don't. I mean, we just haven't. The the only players that would command that are the like three or four guys we just mentioned. I can't think of anyone else who'd be traded. Okay. Looking at the bad teams of all those teams we mentioned, we'll finish up here. Of mm-hmm. all the teams we mentioned today, which team will actually make a trade for the position that you or I <laughs> have suggested them trading for? Um, I think the Ravens will trade for a wide receiver. Mm, that was what I was going to say too. Because it's just so obvious to me. I would say Ravens wide receiver. I would say... Plus they're active. Yes, they are. Like, they're actually in the mood to trade, which some teams are not. I would say Saints trading for in a, a defensive lineman as well. Yeah, I mean, they are so all in on this season. It'd be kind of crazy if they don't even consider it. All right, well... I mean, oh, and I- the Packers. I think, I think the Packers will you trade do. for a receiver. I do, yeah. I, I, okay. I do, yeah. 
It's a new, it's a new Packers era, man. New, new management. I think they're going to trade for Sam Darnold. Just get another quarterback behind Aaron Would Rogers. love that. Would, as so a good. content maker, would absolutely love that. I, I hope, let me, let me put this out there. I really hope one of those young quarterbacks gets traded just for the spice factor. Well, as a content creator, Mina Kimes, where can people find your content? What is the content you're creating? Where can people access it? Sure. I'm on NFL Live, Mondays, Tuesdays, Fridays. Otherwise, catch me on HQ and Around the Horn or subscribe to the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. All right. Mina Kimes, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Appreciate you, but I wouldn't trade you for anything. That's not true. Would you trade, would you, would you disavow your friendship with me if the Seahawks could get Melvin Ingram for like a fifth round pick? No comment. All right, as always, thanks to one of the best in the business, my friend Mina Kimes for hopping on the show today. And guys, thanks so much for listening. We have more audio coming for you next week here on the Bill Barnwell Show. So hope you guys are staying healthy. Hope you guys are enjoying football and more on the way next week.